The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What up? Welcome back. Separate bedrooms. This week, we will be cooking from a phenomenal book that Wifey picked out. The Frankie's Spuntino Kitchen Companion and Cooking Manual. Babe, did you have any reason you picked this? I, I have some thoughts, but you go ahead. Okay, we were at our favorite restaurant, Lolo. Yes. And Lori, the owner, told us she was having an event with the guys from Frankie's this weekend. So we were kind of just in like a Frankie's mood. And I think low-key, the Frankie's, the Franks might be involved in Lolo, like might have helped out or, you know, like might be part of the... Maybe that's why we love Lolo so much. Because Frankie's is one of my favorite spots in New York. The pasta a la is like... The cavatelli, like you love the pasta limon, yeah. I love the cavatelli. We both love like this roast pork that's mm-hmm. in here. Um, I will say this book came out. I remember. I'm gonna look here, and it was like there was this like Peter Meehan era, right? Peter Meehan was like also really good friends with David Chang, mm-hmm. and he was the New York Times food writer reviewing, I believe, like 25 and under in the late 2000s. And he was good friends with it. Yes, 2010, this came out. Wow. And this was a peak era of cookbooks, at least for me in my age. I don't know what it was like in the 70s, 80s. I know there were some good cookbooks that I read from that era too, but... They were wild though. Have you ever read like an American cookbook from the 70s? Yeah, like The Joy of Cooking. Gelatinous... Like, is that the 60s more? Like when there was like that like gelatinous, they would call it like salads and it would be like jello with floating yeah. things in there yeah like a like yeah it's crazy. like a jello dessert salad with like yeah. cream and foam and shit. it's so crazy and yeah. they're like this is healthy this is salad yeah super wild and like i do love those recipes like i, I love seeing like an old fucking recipe i love looking at them i've admittedly like never eaten any of that food yeah or been around it i've only seen that jello shit in like cafeterias you know mm. but like Old Americana food yeah. looks looks wild, like honey baked ham and stuff totally. like that. Yeah, but I I tend to like it. I like honey baked ham. Yeah, honey baked ham. I would fire. fuck that up. It's fire. The first step here. So today we're gonna make the Frankie Spuntino roasted center cut pork loin. Mm. It's in the oven right now. I mean, I wish I could smell it. We're gonna show you in process, and we're gonna tell you what we did and show you. Thank you, my G. Bang, in process. Roast pork loin. We're all extremely excited. And to accompany it, we're going to do the Frankie Spuntino broccoli rob recipe. And I have to say, I love broccoli rob, but their broccoli rob was always my favorite. Mm. And I was like, I just never assumed, or I never thought that there was some special technique to make broccoli rob with garlic, but there is. You first take a quarter cup of olive oil, heat it on low here, give it a minute, then introduce two whole cloves of garlic. And now where I used to fuck up, I would just throw in the broccoli rob, 
throw in minced garlic, stir fry it around. It's very much like a Chinese stir fry. But this one, they have you sear whole cloves of garlic till they're brown on the edges. Then you turn them over. And they want you to do this for eight to 10 minutes on low heat here, which we have it. And um, after that, you add crushed red chilies. I ground up the crushed red chilies myself. There's two whole chilies in there. Um, and then fresh broccoli rob. Salt. And I, I got to give them credit for this because a lot of Western cooking, they don't use much white pepper. They call out white pepper in this. These boys know how to cook. Mm. This is from the era of like new chefs coming out late 2000s, early 2010s. The Franks, David Chang, guys like uh, John and Vinny that did Animal. This was a very, very cool era of cooking in America. Wonderful books. And I would say this book goes back to the old style of cookbooks where it's about technique. And my favorite thing about this book is you can see in this recipe, right? They will anticipate issues you can run into. They say some rob is tender and some is tough with stalks like tree saplings and leaves like sail canvas. If you can only get the latter, add a splash of water in step three and let the greens cook covered for a couple extra minutes. Repeat until tender. They do little things throughout this. When you see the pork chop recipe, if you don't want to do the whole pork loin, they're like, if you want to make it even further in advance, um, wrap it tightly in plastic, refrigerate up to two days, cut the rack into chops, and then warm them through in butter in a saute pan over medium heat. So they're not the type of chefs doing the book where they're like, you got to do it this way. Um, they, they really anticipate a lot of the issues you'll run into cooking at home versus cooking in the restaurant, but they teach you the techniques. And I got to say, probably the best Italian-American cookbook I've ever read. Yeah. You found like what, like probably 12 recipes in there you liked? Yeah, everything is good. It's so hard to pick one from there. The meatballs you like too. I love the meatballs. I'm super into like all the pastas, but they, and like their technique in there is how to make the pastas from scratch. It's not like go buy the cavatelli. It's like make it, which is really cool, which yeah. I would like to do yeah. one day. I've made pasta like one time in my life and it came out horrible. <laughs> I've, I was so gummy. Yeah, it's making pasta is really hard. Like, yeah. I've only done it in a class or with another pro. Yeah. And like following them. And yeah. It's very hard to fuck up then. I did like pandemic over Zoom, like big, <laughs> like get all your friends together and there's a chef that we hired and like we're going to make pasta yeah. vibes. And it was like such a disaster. Pasta party. I think I was like wasted. Hilarious. Trying to make this pasta. It didn't. But there's I, also um, sausage, peppers, and onions in this cookbook, which I want to do. I want to do like on a roll. Oof. Their sausage, peppers, and onions was very good. These I dudes' technique that. is fire. Yeah. And then also, yo, this is like the era of New York when you kind of moved there, like 2011, 2012. Yeah, yeah for but, sure. Like when you first moved to New York in that time from Boston, what were like the things you noticed about? dining restaurant scene like anything that you remember okay I'm well curious. i was like 17 or 18 and i was like broke <laughs> so i mean my like early down like when i first moved there i definitely wasn't eating at places like frankie's mm -hmm. all the time it was like very rare and like one-offs um but i just noticed like how much was available 
Like you could get anything at any time. You could go like down like Chinatown, get an amazing meal for nothing. You could get like dollar pizza, like Joe slices of pizza. Yeah, were everything to me. Were I mean, so this you was, were you? That was your budget era of dining. Yeah, like I didn't start. Like I remember. Yeah, I moved to New York and probably for like the first like six months. So I added crushed red chilies. Just saying sorry, crushed yeah. red chilies. I had you know the support of my mom, and then I was like. I'm gonna stay here and like not go home for the summer. And I had a boyfriend that everyone hated, and they were like, well, "Cool, we'll get a job and support yourself and like pay your own way." And I was like, "Cool, it's gonna be dollar pizza for me, baby." So it was cute up until like 2014, 2015, and then yeah. I started eating out and like having disposable income to do so. Um, but yeah, you probably experienced this. This was like your. You were like eating at this, this time. You were I, like in chef food. Yeah,、culture. I was in like chef land at this time. But you know, just to also finish your thought, because I think a lot of people live that era. You did. Like my favorite cheap restaurants in New York at that time in 2010、mm-hmm. was like Barraket on Houston, the、yeah. the kind of Turkish diner that had kebabs. Yeah, Turkish kebab house. I really really like Veselka. Mm, like I was a、yeah. huge Veselka no, head. No, for sure, Veselka forever. Yeah, just getting like soup and like pierogies and shit. Yeah, and remember, <laughs> you remember like Grand Sichuan, like on Saint、no. Mark's or by the Fenghua, there was a Grand Sichuan. No, I don't remember that. That was、um, fire. I also went、Mac、to a、Moons? lot of. Did you eat at Mahmoud's? No. Okay. No, I ate a lot at like Lovely Day. Okay. Yeah. Seen Thai food. I had yeah. Well, there was like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I was like, "This is in my yeah. Like I can afford this shit. Let's、yeah. go." But I also did a lot of like promoter dinners. Like I would be all up in fucking catch, eating like one piece of sushi, and then going to One Oak and like just sustaining myself for like a day off of my spicy tuna. Hand roll, <laughs> and I was like, "Let's go." Did you have to wear the T-shirt? Because I remember some of these promoter dinners I got invited to. What? They had all the models and girls wear like a T-shirt from the club or no, from the promoter. No, it was straight fucking comedy. No, no, we never wore like T-shirts. If somebody had like a hat, like I remember there would be like promoter groups. Yeah, and I don't even remember like the names of them anymore. It's been so long, but they would have like. It was the era where girls would be up in the club with like a snapback on backwards. Yes, the Kirill was here.、Era. Yeah, and so like there's you can catch some photos of me with a snapback on backwards. Yeah, with, like somebody's like massive watch that I was like, let me have it. It's、um, cute. I think your mom's screensaver、yeah. is you. Isn't it you with? Is it with the Hennessy hat or no? That's a different shoot. Oh my god, I don't even know. But、She、like we would、saver. be up in the club. It was like a really wild time. It was before. The dawn of Instagram and people like really had fun. Like、yeah. Insta, it was like blurry photos of you going out. This is like this is a fun thing to talk about. I want to talk about this. It's like it's, cute. This is go ahead, babe. I'm gonna make extra so like everybody.、Okay. Your mom has a lot after. I got some after. Amazing. Um, but no, it was a time where it、On、was fun Miz, to go out pre Instagram. Like. I was thinking about this book, and I was just like, "Dude, I have so much to say." Because I remember when this book came out, and、yeah. it was a really big deal. And I read it, and I was like, "Yo, this is almost as good as that dude, like Harold Moore, on cooking." Yeah. Except it was like contained to Italian food. Yeah. But the thing for me was like, what? What was it? it was like 
this was the last kind of fun era of culture going out in New York. It was. Instagram came in 2012 and it was a wrap. Then we got paid to party. But it was cool for like a second. Instagram, when it first came out, I will say until like 2014, maybe 2015, like stretching it. Yeah. Dirty Sprite 2 was the last. It was cool. Like I liked it. time. Because there was no pressure. It was like, I, yeah. I would post pictures of like a fucking cockroach and I would like make a joke about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was just weird and funny and you were trolling and. My Instagram was super stupid. Mine was too. I'd post pictures of me like crawling on the ground in New York. And yeah. Be like, it was just like, there was no consequences. You could post anything and it was funny and nobody would be like judging you and be like, why did she post that? She, yeah. What's wrong with her? <laughs> but I think 2016, around 2016, yeah. like it just really peaked in terms of like, now everybody is trying to make money on this thing. Yeah, and, because people were making money. Yeah. And it was crazy. Like I remember distinctly there was like this line in the sand of playtime versus capitalism on the internet yeah and i was like damn when people started to curate their ig and Mm -hmm. like take photos off that was around the time yeah and it was like everyone's instagram had to look a certain way and i was like what well i mean i i archived i think i deleted my like original instagram because i was like i just don't want this and like started over and then i archived a bunch of shit because i was like this is too naughty now like people take this seriously yeah like they'll look at your instagram and be like what kind of person is this and i'm like this is not Mm -hmm. indicative of who i am this is like my yeah. My diary, bitch. You could you could no longer get jobs. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like what you happened. posted a weird bloody photo of you like two years ago. I don't think we should hire her. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. But this was also an exciting time in restaurants. Like, I remember all the buzz from them and Momofuku, and mm-hmm. you know, I had opened Bauhaus Christmas two thousand nine. So okay. this came, this book came out right around the time where like. Bauhaus was getting a lot of press and I started to meet chefs. Yeah. Cause I had never worked in New York restaurants and I wasn't really friends with that many, but they started to come eat at Bauhaus and I was like, yo, these dudes are sick. Mm -hmm. And their restaurant was on Clinton Street. Yeah. And, uh, right down the street from, uh, where Procell used to be at Coat of Arms. Mm And there was a Dominican diner on the corner. It was like a great eating street. Yeah. And like, did you ever go to WD-40? Yeah. Yeah. Like Wiley Dufresne was on Mm -hmm. Clinton. It was like a really exciting time to cook in the Lower East Side. Yeah. It was fucking cool. That was like the peak moment of the Lower East Side before it had that. And not to say that it's like at all not a great place anymore. It just kind of got oversaturated, I think. And I haven't been for a while, so I can't speak on it now. Yeah. But, like, I would say, like, three, four years ago, it just felt very fratty. Yeah. It was, like, college students took over. Yeah. And so, for, uh, like, I remember the thing that marked it was that Club Libation opened. Oh, my God. Yo, yes. When Libation opened, the Lower East Side Oh, Libation out. was wild. I, like, went there one Sunday. It yeah. was, like, popping on Sundays. Yeah. And I went up in there and I was like, what is going on? It was like the worst version of Coyote Ugly. If you yeah. could just make Coyote Ugly horrible with yeah. like whack bitches. Like there was girls like dancing on the bar, but I was like, oh my God, they were in Chelsea boots. And I was yeah. just like, this is fucking insane. It was like a super mega bridge and tunnel club. Yeah. And it was like 
the whole neighborhood vibe of the LES just died. I remember with the crepe spot next door. Yeah. I'll never oh forget. And like I would just watch people like get wasted and stumble into the crepe spot. Yeah. <laughs> like libation fucking up Ludlow Street was the end. And the Soho house. Yeah. Like the Soho came out listen, and then that Ludlow condominium I, yeah, went up. I was all up in that. I was all up in Ludlow house. I'm not going to front. Like people watching this are going to be like, she's full of shit because she was all up in there. But it really was like such, such a horrible. It was a bad time. Yeah, and then I think a what was it? It wasn't a Cipriani. It was something else. I don't know. Something else opened right on that block. And and I'll tell you, it was interesting around this time too, 2010. There was all these kind of discussions mm. at the community board meetings, and I would walk by. I actually like went to one with Raf, mm-hmm. and. It was the people were discussing the height limits on buildings. Mm, and the reason yeah. why the East Village, West Village has maintained its character is because of the height limits on buildings. Mm-hmm. And they raised the height limits on the Lower East Side so that they could build condos like the Ludlow. Yeah. And that's when the shit was wrapped. Well, I remember them doing this in Williamsburg too. Yup. Because I moved to Williamsburg in 2013. Yup. And then. Um, I remember I like went to Europe one summer and then I came back and there was just like a Whole Foods, an Apple store, yeah. a Sephora, a T-Mobile. Like I was like, wait, what the fuck? I used to have to go into the city to do any of this. And now it's all here. Yeah. And then high rises started going up right on the water. And then the Domino factory building is now, I don't know what the fuck it is, but I just saw that they did an Hermes show during fashion week in the Domino Sugar Factory building in Williamsburg. And I was like, wow, this is so crazy to me. I'm not even mad at it, but I was just like, the Williamsburg that I know, Hermes is up in the Domino Sugar Factory building. It's gotten big weird. Mm -hmm. Everything's weird. But you know what's funny? The LES is back, but on the other side now because of Dime Square. It's like that orchard orchard and canal side, East Broadway, Seward Park, which was like kind of junky land back then. It wasn't like Skid Row. No, but it was like like shady a little bit maybe. Yeah, we would just go smoke whatever we wanted to smoke and then drink Four Locos in Seward Park. Yeah, there was like two or three bars down there. Now it's like popping. 168 bar, fucking fire. Mm -hmm. And they had that pop-up place, LTO, that like everyone popped up in. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a fun, that was a really fun time to be a chef. Yeah. That was, I really enjoyed Lower East Side 2000, 2009. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, guys, Scar's Pizza is opening up in LA. Yeah, that's that's a big win for us. Huge win. Huge I'm excited. Win. I feel like we can have some good pizza. That is going to be big because there is not a great New York slice here. We have Joe's, which is a serviceable <clears throat> New York slice. Yeah, I then like we Joe's. Have prime pizza, <laughs> which I think is a very it's a I think prime pizza is a good solid neighborhood New York slice. I like prime. Yeah. And like Prime is basically the child of Best Pizza in Williamsburg. Oh, so yeah. the homie from Best Pizza helped Jim open Prime. And so it's kind of like an import of Best Pizza. But I would say it's... We also have the spot in the row. Oh, yeah. Which I'm like blanking on the name. Pizzeria Bianco. Yeah. Yeah. That guy does a kind of his own style. It feels Neapolitan. It is, but I love it. Yeah, that that dude is fire. And he got the sandwich spot popping mm-hmm. now. I really fuck with crispy And Pizza Say. Yeah. We haven't been to Pizza Say in forever, but I'm like... I love Pizza I Say. I would pop out to Pizza Say. Yeah. I feel LA... Mm-hmm. So there was an article today, actually, speaking of news, where it was like, mm-hmm. this is the golden era of LA pizza. And... Right now? Yeah. I kind of hate it when there's a headline like that because I'm like, yo, just everybody calm down. Mm-hmm. It's like when a... It's like when a white guy gets excited representing an ethnic food. It's like, all right, you're cool, but like, let's contextualize. Yeah, what do you really know about this? Yeah. So it's like, it's great that there's a golden arrow, but let's still remember it's LA. Mm -hmm. And I will say, there are a lot of places to get different styles of incredible pizza. For sure. But for me, like, I would trade all of them for like, Lucia. Yeah. Or... You know, oh my God, what's the other one in Carol Gardens you love all of a sudden? I forget the name. Oh my God. Lucali? Lucali, yeah. yeah. Lucali, like, or even, even a Grimaldi. I would kill for Grimaldi's. It's just a different level of pizza, I think. Yeah. I mean, once you've had pizza in like Sheepshead Bay or like Brooklyn or some shit, it's just, you're yeah. not going to get that in LA. But I do think that there's like such a good variety of pizza. I've never been to that spot. What is it? Sheets or Quarters? Quarters. It's good? Sigh. Okay. You know, Damien likes to eat quarters when we play dominoes. I've never been. Heard it's good. Yeah. Um, I've never had the Prince Street out here. I've had it in New York. I personally am just like, this is whatever, so I'm yeah. not going to go out of my way. I'm going to keep it funky about Prince Street and Scars. All right? I love I love Scar. Scar, very friendly guy. Has a great Air Force One. Everybody loves Scar. It's location. <laughs> I'm going to just keep it real funky. It's a great slice. Yeah. I don't sign. I, I will not co-sign Scars as the best New York pizza. Uh, well, no, and this I don't is think like a bad is. hill to die on because all the homies like it. Yeah, and I love Scars. There's nothing wrong with his pizza. Yeah, but I'm just like, if I'm eating a slice, it's probably Lucia. Yeah, but you got to go to Sheepshead Bay. Scars and Prince Street. The reason why they got the name and why it's popping it's for the downtown. most part. Downtown. It's so easy. It's so accessible. It's good enough. Yeah, for sure. It's like, good. who wants to go... Like, getting into Carroll Gardens is a pain in the ass. Getting to Sheepshead Bay is a pain in the ass. Yes. It's not chill. Like, yeah. it's like 
I'm going if I'm Ubering. I'm not yeah. like, I don't have the patience anymore. I don't live in New York anymore. I don't have that like vigor in me to like take a trip on the train. <laughs> like when I'm in New York now, yeah. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm yeah. getting in the car. Like LA has truly taken away my ability to rough it. Like I still want like a coal fired slice. Yeah, so what's your ideal slice of pizza? Okay. Just like run it. Right now, my favorite slice is Lucia. Okay. I really like Lucia and Sheep's Head Bay. And in somebody who's never farm. had Lucia, how would you explain it? Lucia is a classic Brooklyn slice. Okay. And then also the, the ones, uh, there's two spots in Bensonhurst. They're like initial names. I can't remember all of a sudden, but those two slice spots, uh, if, do you mind helping me look it up, babe? Bensonhurst yeah. pizza. They'll come up. They're like the two first ones. Bensonhurst like, pizza. Yeah. Uh, Bensonhurst got two of the best slice spots. And then Lucia to me is really the perfect combination now of somebody continuing like their parents' tradition, mm. but then he also has some slices that are like interesting and special that he does on certain days. Like he got a clam pie. That's mm. fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, what I look for in a slice is I want, I, I like the fara. Like that, you know, that's the tree of pizza that I like. Mm -hmm. Big, crusty, not necessarily super thin, oh. but thin and definitely in the New York canon. Yeah. But I want it crusty. I'm going to fold it. And I also want to feel like a chew and a pool slightly of dough when I'm, when I'm biting off that slice. Mm -hmm. Defara is a perfect pizza. That's the greatest pizza I ever had. I mean, I can't disagree. I feel like that's my exact rundown of a perfect slice. I yeah. want to fold it. I definitely want there to be a little bit of crunch, but I don't want it to be like burnt. No. I actually don't mind a little bit of it being burnt on the bottom. I kind of like that flavor, but it needs to like hold it its structural integrity. Yeah. A good cheese pull. I feel like I'm always talking about cheese. I like extra cheesy cheese pull. Um, but okay, the spots in Bensonhurst are La Bella, Pizza Den, J&B. 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 J&B's fire. And there's one other one. Do you mind going? Tony, Da Vinci. Da Vinci. Da Vinci and J&B, absolute fucking flames. Uh, Raf took me once and mm -hmm. we just drove by and just got a slice and ate it in the car. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, that shit was next level. But um, I, I ride for Lucia now since Dom DeFara passed. Um, yeah, that's your like new spot. Yeah, that's my spot. But like, there's just places, like I said, Lucali, Grimaldi. If I'm in the area, I'm not walking past it. Yeah. You know, like, no, I'm going to die. No, you have to pop in, for you sure. Know? For people, a lot of people like Pauly G's too. I think Pauly G's in, in uh, Greenpoint yeah. is good. I like Pauly G's. Yeah. For sure. I used to live right by it. Yeah. I will, and, and to, no matter what I say, Scars is going to be popping. Scars got legions of fans, but it's just like, I kind of like when, I, I like when we're honest about who the champ is. Hmm. I don't like a fake champ. Well, would you say that in a way, like there's a Manhattan champ and then there's a Brooklyn champ? Like it is Burroughs. Yeah, yeah. I would say that. I would say that. Like, that is a really good point. Sorry, babe, I forgot. No, no, you're fine. Salt. Oh my God. Forgot a little salt. Forgot a little red pepper. <laughs> no, oh, it was still goodness. really good. Oh my good. I may have put it in there. I think yeah, I may yeah, have put, I it, in put it in there. there. I'll Down grab the piece from the top. Great. I'm glad you liked it. Because this is a really good recipe. But yeah, I you're right. I think it's like burrow to burrow. Because mm -hmm. also yeah, Scars and Prince Street. 
they have their challenges working in high rent areas. Mm-hmm. So like, I will say this, while I'm just talking about the food, what I'm not taking into consideration in this conversation is how hard it is to be successful in Manhattan and like how high the cost is. So like yeah. props to him for doing that. It's a different, uh, you know, it's a different business talent, I would say. It's like people used to, you know, people would come in a house and be like, I can get this in Chinatown for $2. But the truth is, no one in Chinatown was making vows at the time. It yeah. was really interesting. Like, so there was a couple places in Flushing. Yeah, I was gonna say, wasn't that the thing? Like, there was no one really doing that. Yeah, and that's why it caught on, and like everyone loved it. Yeah, it was very, very rare. There was like one place, like Lou's Seafood, eighty-eight or sixty-eight, mm. um, that that was doing vows also. So. I feel with scars, like, you know, I don't want to be a hater. I just have to say, I don't think it's the best slice. I really am excited for him to come to L.A. Because if he picks up scars off Orchard Street and puts it in L.A., on day one, immediately, he's the best New York slice in L.A. Mm -hmm. Just on day one. So I'm excited. 100%. And with all that said. All that said. I will still fuck up a Domino's pizza. <laughs> so happy doing so. Like, peak living to me. This shit's fun, though. Like, I like, I'm really enjoying the pod now because it's really, like, family and food talk because my brain is full of fucking food talk and mm-hmm. I just, I fucking just filed all this shit away for years because I was, I think, just, like, bummed out I wasn't doing the show anymore. Yeah, do you ever think about that? Like, if you were to bring back a version of Long's World and you were to, like, just hit your, there's spots that you've just been thinking about for years now, not oh. doing it. Do you have, like, a lineup of places you're just like, I want to go there, I want to eat the food, I want to talk about it, I want to, yes. like, show this to the world? I definitely have a lot of spots. For instance, Lolo Wine Bar, we talk mm-hmm. about it all the time. I will go on record. I think that is the best restaurant in L.A. Don't mm-hmm. go. Like, don't go. Go, but don't go. Or, or we go. Like, we really want everyone to go because we want <laughs> to support to get them. Rich. But also, like, let us have our Friday night, 7 p.m. in peace. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will also say what I really love about Lolo is it's a true neighborhood restaurant. Lori's there every night. You know the servers. The servers yeah. are super friendly. Like, everyone talks about creating a vibe or a scene restaurant. Or just, like, community. Like, they've created community. Yeah. They truly have done it. Yeah. And what's funny is because all these other restaurants that eat or be interviewing the chefs and owners, they don't feel like community. Like, you go to Horses, it doesn't feel like community. It's a scene restaurant. No, I feel like I'm auditioning for, like, fucking yeah. LA's hottest, like... It's a bunch of LA's coolest people. Each other I'm, off. Like, I'm scared. Yeah, like get the fuck out of here. Like it's it feels like central casting for a reality show on the scene. Mm-hmm. Lolo is genuinely a neighborhood restaurant. You'll genu- genuinely run into homies and friends and neighbors. Mm-hmm. And the pace at which Chef Willie is progressing and evolving the menu is insane. It, it's it's my favorite pace. Like. It's like J.K. You know that movie Whiplash, babe? Mm-hmm. When J.K. Simmons is like, not my tempo. Not my tempo. Yeah. I feel like in L.A., more than anywhere I've seen, a restaurant gets popular, and then the chef goes turbo. 
Yeah. And it's like so many new dishes and so many. And it's just like, yo, mm-hmm. yo, yo, chill. Like, make sure you keep some of the hits we're coming for. Mm-hmm. Try things on your Wednesdays and Tuesdays and like yeah. incubate your ideas, then release it. Willie always, every season has like two, maybe three dishes he adds or takes off. But I'm just like so here for his progression because mm-hmm. I think the pace is honest. Mm-hmm. It's not about him trying to win an award or get no. a fucking medal. It's like he's really, really doing his thing. Yeah, it's also really thought out. Like every time I'm there and there is a change on the menu, it feels like it makes sense. It's integrated in the whole menu. Everything works together. You can just go full family style. Like you could just say one of everything and it all, it's going to make sense. It's going to be a great meal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, his growth is just crazy. It's like, crazy. From when we started going to now, yeah, the food has just like, it was always great, but it's incredible now. There's dishes that I just didn't even see coming. Yeah. Like, damn. We had this like uh, steak with these like, what was it, like roasted red peppers that were like almost like fermented. Yeah. He has a ribeye dish there now mm-hmm. that is the closest thing I've seen to a Western cook adapting the idea of Hunan chili fish head right in hunan cooking there is a famous fish head dish that has fermented chilies on it you know contramar also does a fish with like two types of chilies on it willie is doing a ribeye with a chili and a fermentation on top but what's ill about him is he's not telling anyone he fermented and did all this shit i actually talked to him and i was like yo son this is a fermented pepper and he's like yeah I just didn't want to say it because it's like corny and like mm-hmm. some people don't want a fermented pepper. I'm like, I fuck with you. You're just like chopped chili ribeye, mm-hmm. fire dish. You're not listing every fucking ingredient. And yeah. if there's two chefs, I would tell people to watch and pay attention to, go support him and Marco from Open Market. Mm, Those are the market. two most interesting chefs to me right now that everybody's not already on. Like, Justin's killing it, but everybody knows Justin's killing it. Yeah. Like, Justin is that dude right now. Taco Tuesday is blowing up. Yes. Anna Jack is, we all know. Justin is that dude. Yeah. His illustration is in our nursery because he's that dude. It is in our nursery. It's so cute. It's my favorite thing down there. It's so cute. Yeah. And, like, I, I just really... It's, I get excited to go see fucking Willie and Lori at Lolo. And, I do too. And I think that's why you you picked this recipe this week. For sure. We that was we did our first date night last Friday and yep. we went to Lolo. The best. It just feels comfortable. It's like when you have a spot and I think that's the thing it's like there's a lot of things that in moving to LA from New York I don't have like my spot anymore. But Lolo really feels like a restaurant that I would go to in New York and, like, just feel comfortable. Yeah. And just go, like, once or twice a week, pop in, have a glass of wine, have dinner, just hang out, like, shoot the shit with Lori. Yup. And a lot of people last week responded, and I really do like the responses. They were like, yo, you guys got to move to the OC. We got good food here. Move to Alhambra. And I'm like, yo. insane food there, for sure. We love the food out there. And we love... We drive out there all the time. Yeah. We love the community out there. Yeah. When we're talking about LA, we're kind of talking about like Hollywood, Hollywood, Palisades, Silver, like basically yes. everything west of Pasadena. Because once yeah. you get to Pasadena, it's cool. Yeah, we love Pasadena. I yeah. feel like we have we've toyed with the idea of moving there a lot 
Yes. Now, as we talk about this, I'm just letting you know, I'm going to show you the marinade for the roasted pork mm -hmm. loin. So I got a whole rack center cut pork loin. I usually like a rack that has the bones sticking out, but at Lazy Acres, they already like cut the bone off. So it doesn't, it's not going to be as pretty as I would want it to be, but it's still delicious and fly. And you should go to the best butcher and get like a pork chop with the bones sticking out. But really, Italian, flat parsley, chopped, thyme, rosemary, and then garlic. With olive oil, that is your recipe. And then you salt white pepper to finish. Super simple cooking. This is why I love the Franks. Their entire cookbook, it's about cooking the shit out of things. They have recipes for cheese broths in here, like mm -hmm. little things to add, umami. Yeah. And like, this is a cook's book. For sure. And we're going to continue <laughs> to highlight shit like this for you guys that we really fuck with. Totally. And we'll revisit this book because there's so many things that I called out in there that I was like, I really want to try this. Yeah. And if you guys it. got books you like, let us know because we will we will cook from those books. Yeah, I'm really excited. We just got the Ina Garten Ooh. cooking for Jeffrey. Cute. Love it. Cute. Love them. I like that. They're so cute. Do you want to get into some news? Yo, let's do some news. Yeah, we've been talking a All lot right. of good food shit. I'm going to hit you with some sports talk right now. Oh, please. So this is kind of funny because it's like Boston, Florida shit. Yes. I'm from Boston. He's from Florida. Um, <laughs> this is actually is not funny at all. I don't know why I just laughed. Oh, I, I think I know this. I just saw that. It's I, truly I, this like is funny. not funny at all. I like this story. I'm this... just like, I, I just, I'm fucking weird. Okay. Patriots fan dies after getting punched <laughs> in the face by dolphin supporter at Gillette Stadium. So I've known this about Boston my whole life. I don't know if I feel like everyone does. Their fans are just super rowdy. Like you can go to any sporting event in Boston and like there's going to be a fight. I I don't know anyone who's ever died. Like, I've never heard of somebody dying at a game, but this is crazy. Apparently, they just, like, got in a fight. It got heated. This guy just got punched in the face, went down, was unconscious, brought him to the hospital. He did not. He did not make it. Florida he died. one, Boston zero. He was, like, 53, so he was relatively young. Like, this man was not an old man by any means. Should be, like... And everyone said that he was, like, didn't have a hot temper, never really got angry, never got in fights, like totally out of character for him. That and is so Boston, though. You could have like the this, most racist cop die in Boston and everyone's, he's a fucking great guy. Like, so he stoned yeah. one black guy, yeah. but he was a fucking great guy. Well, that's like <laughs> everyone everywhere who's white gets that treatment. <laughs> like, there's like a school shooter and they were like, well, he was mentally ill. <laughs> so, like, you should have some sympathy. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. I'm glad you have sympathy for this dude. We need balance on the pod. I don't have sympathy for him. I don't know him. I don't know what went down. All I know is that that's crazy. And I think that everyone should just like realize that when you fuck around, you find out. You can't. You yeah, fuck seriously. around, you find out. Like, I run my mouth, but I'm not trying to start a physical altercation in public ever. Don't want no shit. Don't start. No I don't shit. want the smoke. I don't want to. I don't want to throw hands. Like, I don't want to. I don't want any of it. Because you might end up dead at Gillette Stadium. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> oh, that's just crazy. Um, that is wild. That is wild. And Matt, I mean, yo, 
Yeah, condolences to his fam. Not I'm thinking about this For outside sure, the condolences, concert, which is not like, funny at all. Like, yeah. I'm very sorry. And I feel like Damn, from being sorry. insensitive, my bad. No, I think it's still like the headline was like Miami fan. They did beats him up. dirty with the headline. Like, yeah. they did the whole thing dirty. Like, they were just like, Miami fan unleashes on Patriots fan at Gillette Stadium. Good night. Yeah. Fucked up. Apparently, Jonah from BuzzFeed has a job again because that's like an ill BuzzFeed headline. I'm know? reading it on the New York Post. New- oh, wow, New York Post, the original BuzzFeed. This was written by Yaren Steinbutch. So oh. that's a call out, babe. New York New York. <laughs> you Post, did this man, man dirty. 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 Yeah, um, his, Matt, his wife's at home just like, yeah, John will be home in No, a few. I think that she was... With him at the game. Oh my god! I don't know. There's she a photo. There's a there's a photo up. of them together at a game. Um, now she has to take her kids to the sisters. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm so sorry. This is where I'm I stop. So this is where I stop. I'm so foul. This is where I stop. This is where she stops. Um, but I've had I've had it out with Boston fans. I'm a huge. Aren't Red you a Sox Red Sox fan? fan? I'm a huge Red Sox fan. But I will tell you, I like quietly am a Red Sox fan now because it was fun Why? when the Red Sox were losers. The the Red Sox fans to me I enjoyed, but then once they won, it, I was just like, yo, y'all got y'all are assholes. That's how everyone feels about like every team because yeah. once someone wins, like they start getting cocky and they're like, oh, our team's the best. Yeah, but if it was the Commanders, I think I would have. I, I think I would keep it slightly chill. No, you wouldn't. You don't think are so? You- Fucking kidding me? I think You're, I would. You think chill. you would keep it chill if the commanders won? First Yo. of all, we would have to go to Washington or wherever the fuck for like three weeks. We'd have to go to the parade. We'd be everyone would be wearing a jersey. Oh, you would absolutely. have a new Washington Commanders tattoo. I would probably have wake up with a fucking face tattoo that says like Commanders on me. Your whole every, it would not be chill at all. It would be like the most insane extravagant event that would have ever happened. Okay. If in it was the Knicks, that will happen. If it's Commanders, I'm gonna be chill. Cause like really? when I'm winning with the commander, I'm quiet. Yo, we're two and zero, quietly two and zero, doing our thing. Because the season started five minutes ago. But if you won the Super Bowl, two and zero, two and zero, we're gonna fuck up the Bills this week. Yeah. <laughs> if the Commanders won the Super Bowl, I would just like to cut to this when he's painted half gold, half red. <laughs> With like a fucking, he's just naked with body paint on him and like a football uniform. And then he's the one who like gets on the field and streaks at the Super Bowl. Like you would do some crazy shit like that if they won the Super Bowl. Listen, I don't even know. I don't even know. I know for the Knicks, I would be acting a fucking fool. Because yeah. the command, the commanders are my first love. That's my first team I was die hard for. Yeah. And I think that I'm so nervous that I'm just like, Praying, wishing. And if they do win, I think I will just be emotionally drained. I'll be on the floor ordering so much memorabilia. I would stop collecting sneakers and simply collect world champion commanders merchandise. Okay. (laughs) And the Knicks, the Knicks were the team that like, the Knicks, yeah, I would say I would, I actually became a diehard Knicks fan in the late 80s because of Patrick Ewing. And like the Knicks, the Knicks is cool because I have more friends to act a fool with. Mm-hmm. And I love this. Like I lived in New York much longer in my adult life. Yeah. I would absolutely live in New York if the Knicks had, if the Knicks had a chance to win. Like 
If the Knicks made a trade this summer mm-hmm. and say we had gotten Paul George and okay. we got rid of Julius Randle, I would fully be campaigning Sorry, to move us there. I, I would fully be trying to move. You there. would not have to campaign that hard. Yeah, I wouldn't I have to campaign know, that hard. Like, you would just have to say like, yeah. we're moving to New yeah, York. Yeah, let's move to New York. I I would fully move there, and uh, yo, so you guys saw how simple that marinade was. Chop up some flat parsley, pull some rosemary, pull some thyme. This is a type of like delicious, fun, relaxing, meditative cooking you can do mm-hmm. for your like partner too, since this is separate bedrooms. It's like when I pull this fucking pork chop out, it's gonna look like I spent 75 hours and put my foot in that shit. But really it was an hour this morning, an hour and a half in the oven, light, chilling. Very relaxed. Please cook from the Frankie's cookbook. But it's great. Yeah. That's while great news. Sorry. I while, took us on a detour. No, while we're on sports talk, um, I know we, we spoke about this earlier, and I would just like to hear your thoughts on Coach Prime. Oh. I love Coach Prime. <laughs> Everybody is on the Buffs bandwagon right now. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's fair if you're getting on the Buffs bandwagon this week. I, I had been on week one because I'm the number one Cameron fan in the world. Mm-hmm. And like Cameron been on this and Cameron was on the field for game two. So that's when I was officially on the Buffs bandwagon. Wolverines first, Buffs second. But uh, dude, Co- Coach Prime is the most interesting coach in fucking college football right now. That dude is going to change college football. This is like NWA in college football right now. Yeah, he's really heating it up, right? Yeah. I liked his birthday post to his son. It's fire. It was like, you're my favorite. He was like, you're my favorite. This one's second. This one's third. This one's fourth. Like, catch up. (laughs) That was very interesting to me. I like like him ranking his sons. Also, my senior thesis in college that I wrote was called Shadows of the Big House, studying, like, bodies and how people were being used and none of these kids were being paid for, like, a hundred years playing college football. I really do think that the money they're paying the kids has fundamentally changed the game for the better. I think the second biggest thing that's happened since the NCAA started paying these kids is the arrival of Coach Prime. Mm -hmm. Coming from a historically black college, fostering his kids, building a culture, finding his voice as a coach, and then transferring to a D1, like, you know, big school in Colorado with a lot of history and not compromising, not kutowing. He he has not changed a thing about himself. And I think Coach Prime is like liberating a lot of coaches of color and enabling them to be themselves. And this has been a racist fucking sport forever. No one believed black people could play quarterback. No one thought black people could be coaches. This is a huge watershed fucking moment. Like very rarely do I say this, colleges should be teaching Coach Prime. Okay, well moving on from sports. Um, there's a missing F-35 fighter jet in South Carolina. I just was curious, how much do you think one of these jets costs? Like, just like your guess. My guess for this is $35 million? No. How much? My first thought when I read this, and I was like, how? I just needed to know. I was like, this has to be a crazy number. How much money do one of these jets cost? And like, how easy is it to lose? One of these jets cost $100 million. And the government just lost it. And was like, oopsies. 
And that shit is just flying around. What well, if the, it just like well, lands? Well, I think they found debris in South Carolina, so it did land. Um, they found some debris. It was discovered in Williamsburg County, about two hours northeast of the joint base in Charleston, which it took off from. But the guy who was piloting the jet um, ejected, and he's okay. He was like taken to a hospital and kind of like he recovered. But the, oh, oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Um, the jet was on autopilot because the pilot got out. And they were like, we don't know where it's going. And I'm like, this is the United States. How did you not have tracking on your $100 million F-35 jet? Yeah, that's fucking crazy. That's crazy to me. I just, I'm I'm appalled. I'm just like, this is our government. <laughs> like, no one has any money. Like, we have, so, we have endless money for war and jets, but we have no money for, like, free health care. Everyone's big broke, but this Got jet it. is flying around. I saw some funny memes, though, that we can insert. People were, oh, like, yeah. searching for... They're like, can I resell this on Grails <laughs> if I find it? Like, can I put this on Poshmark? Um, Yo, the thing, too, is we get so much of our news from Vlad and um, Grand Chat. And X. Yeah. Formerly, formerly known as Twitter. That's kind of how we get our news. He had the best memes about this fucking, like, missing jet. Dude, the show is funny. I mean, all of the memes on Grand Wizard are insane. We will insert these memes. Yeah. I honestly feel like we can't. Like, Grand Wizard's private. And sometimes I'll try to send it to other people that don't follow. And I'm just like, Damn. Yeah, we have to screenshot it. I can't even send it to you. To, and then, like, this is art. This man yeah, shows art. It should be archived and shown in, in the Guggenheim in, like, 20 years. How? Hold on, bro. How? I'm going to do it. But I'm gonna be butt ass naked so the wind could just be hitting my balls and shit. Hey, bro, watch your jet. Watch your jet, bro. Watch your jet. Hey, turn your ass, Russell. Turn your ass, Russell. And don't, hey, don't turn it on for a week. I think Grand Wizard should be in the Smithsonian, and his name's fucked up. But like, this is this is a, a, a it seems to be a pro black account. So like. Grand I Wizard? Think, yeah. I think so. I, it feels it feels pro black to me. So I think uh he I think it's just it, it's just like name. pro it's pro like two thousands humor as well. Yeah. Like it, it didn't there was no wokeisms included in this humor. So if you're like sensitive, don't The movement has completely him. missed him and I kinda love him for it. Yeah, it's like he lived in a bunker underground and like completely missed me too. And yeah. completely missed like any like he, he still thinks women can't vote, I think. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. He's just horny. He's a little no, horny. No, I think I think it's funny. I could take a joke. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um I mean in News that affects our daily lives. The WGA is set to resume talks tomorrow. So we're filming this on Tuesday. They're set to resume their talks tomorrow. Hopefully they can come to some sort of resolution. This all happens after Drew Barrymore announced that she was going to go back to work on her talk show without the use of writers who are in the WGA. And if they were going to use writers, they weren't going to be union. They were just going to be writers who aren't a part of the union or no writers. And she experienced some like crazy backlash. Everyone was just calling her a scab and being very hostile towards her. So she got on the internet crying and she has since taken back her announcement and she's not doing her talk show anymore. 
Drew Barrymore needs a new publicist because that, that was, was one of that was bad. That was one of the worst like excuses. She just literally just went on and cried. And what's interesting is because I continued to read about this story. Yeah. I was interested in it because I was like, how is she so stupid? Like you're openly being a scab going back without your writers. Yeah. And like this late in the game too. Mm. Like, you know, we're probably two months out, three months out, something like you've already waited eight months. And it was very interesting because I can understand Bill Maher. Bill Maher's a like, fuck the establishment guy. I'm going to do my fucking dog pizzle. You know, mm. like I'm a libertarian. And it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. You know, like you've always been that. Drew Barrymore, it's interesting. I was listening to some shows like The Town and she's being pushed to do this is what I'm hearing. Because yeah, it, feel, it feels like there was a team behind her pushing her to do it. Because basically what's happening is the channels that syndicate like the Drew Barrymore show, mm-hmm. um, these other late night shows, they're putting pressure on these people to do the shows or lose their time slots. Yeah. And lose their shows. I do not condone being a scab. I'm just saying I think I can understand logically why Drew Barrymore did it. I think it was a ter- terrible decision and she's learning why it's a terrible decision. But people need to remember the real bad people here is the AMPTP, the studios, the networks, the channels, yeah. continuing not to negotiate in good faith. Don't be an idiot like Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore's not a bad person. She's an idiot. No, I don't think she's a bad person at all. She kept reiterating. She was like, I'm just thinking about everyone who works on this show who isn't a writer. She was like, I'm just thinking about these people's jobs and like their livelihoods and like trying to get everyone back to work so they can make money. So I don't think she's a bad person or she was trying to be a scab. I think she just um, made a bad decision and was like very misled by whoever is on her team and whoever is running that show. Man, they I fucking hope they need to settle this shit. I'm dipping into my IRA crazy right now. Yeah. It's been bonkers. <laughs> they really need to settle. They please fucking settle, yo. Please. Save us all. <laughs> Save the town. I like it too because finally there's people being like, where the fuck is Karen Bass? I'm like, that's a good question. <clears throat> wow. Look at this poor child. This is, let's taste this. Mm. Oh, this is delicious. Mm-hmm. Super tender. Mm. Do you eat pork chop a lot? Mm-mm. Not a lot, but I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Just not something I like, would ever make at home. And honestly, it's not on many menus. Yeah. This is new for me because I have never roasted like a rack of pork. Yeah. I roast like prime rib, Mm -hmm. pork butt, Mm -hmm. shoulder. Asian cooking, you don't use the loin much besides stir fry. Mm -hmm. But Is there a different technique to cooking it? Yeah, we will like cut it into strips and stir fry. Mm -hmm. And then um, we will roast more of like the ribs or the pork or the butt, the butt or the shoulder, right? Um, but in Italian cooking, they'll do this. This is fire. Mm-hmm. Like, 
This may make it to a Friendsgiving menu someday. Wow. You know, it's one year. That's big. Yeah. That's pretty big. I really like our prime rib, like, because right now we do turkey and prime rib for Friendsgiving. I love the prime rib. Yeah. Feels like a holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prime rib is giving holiday. I mean, anytime you roast a rack, it feels holiday. Yeah, for sure. I really also like roasting uh, lamb shoulder. Mm, your lamb shoulder is crazy. Thanks. What's your, out of like all of them, what's your favorite one to make? I think I get most excited for prime rib. Mm. Prime rib's just like that dish I grew up with. Yeah. Kind of like how you guys had the, the, the beef shop. You know? Yeah. I like don't get excited for that at all though. Mm. <laughs> no. It's just like fast food. It's not like. Mm-hmm. Rolling roaster. Yeah. Wow. That Rob is good. Mm-hmm. The broccoli Rob is amazing. After you put the white pepper, I'd set it off for sure. This feels like a Szechuan dish. Garlic, the red chilies, the white pepper. I'm just like, with this flavor profile, it feels like some like the way you would stir fry a lot of Szechuan food. Yeah. It's really nice. These dudes, this is the best broccoli rob I've had. Yeah. It makes me want to go to Frankie's. I'm like dying to oh. go. We're going to get the food this weekend. Yeah. So are they, they cooking at Lola? Mm-hmm. Or um, why did I think it had to do with olive oil for some reason? Oh, yeah. They're promoting their new olive oil. Mm. So that's why they're doing it. Okay. But I feel like unless you got other news you want to talk about, I feel like that's the episode. That's the episode. Mm. This is delicious. Make this 100%. Or if you're in New York, go to Frankie's. Buy the Frankie's book. Cook this dish. Go to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Go Coach Prime. <laughs> Florida 1, Boston 0. Damn. <laughs> Patriots fans are down. Are down bad. Amazing. Yeah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.